It's the commute home with Nick and Derek. From Chicago's northwest suburbs, our hosts chat about, well, you know, whatever two middle-aged men like to talk about. The workday is done. Time to grit your teeth, get through the traffic, and make the commute home. Hey, this is Derek. Hi, Derek. This is Nick. How you How doing, are you man? Today? I am splendid. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, actually, I'm lying. I'm, I'm a little down today, but uh, I'm hanging in there. You're a little down. Why are you down? Uh, I just, I just been feeling a little off the last couple of days. Just kind of low energy, and I don't know. I think I'm fighting something. Oh no! Uh, hopefully, it wasn't my cooking. Never. No, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna blame blame yourself for. I felt a little off when I came over to your house anyway, so I don't think it was that. Okay. So, so my my mother in law's not getting to you like she's getting to me. So that's not it. What do you mean? I don't. I don't know. Like she has that effect on people. Makes the mill. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fair enough. <laughs> hey, man, you just never know. I don't know. Like, she's, Maybe she's got like some voodoo witchery that she does. Possibly. Quite possibly. She, she may have a voodoo doll of Derek underneath her pillow. You know what? I disagree with your wife on a couple of things uh, on the 4th. Uh, maybe she's doing it. No, no. She's not that type of person. She'd do it to your face. True. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> she'd, she'd stab her voodoo doll of you right in front of you, make make you watch. <laughs> Straight in the groin. You're right. She absolutely would. She absolutely would. That's what I love about her. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is awesome. I love it about her as well. Yeah, very good. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, it's a beautiful day outside, though. I'm sorry you're feeling down. I know. I've been checking on the weather. It's been like 75 the entire day. It's per- It's been like perfect. Yeah, absolutely. I've been stuck in an office all day, but I walked outside. I was like, whoa, this is nice, especially compared to what it has been. Yeah, and it's July. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, the past few days, it's like you start sweating just looking outside. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, hey, thanks, thanks for having me over on the 4th. I had a good time. Food was really good. Had a good time catching up with your son and him going through, uh, taking me through the endless slideshow of his uh, pictures of Europe. But uh, it was cool. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Like he had been home for a couple of days and he hadn't shown me like a single picture. You're there for five minutes and you get the whole story. So <laughs> he took a lot of pictures of statues and paintings that had genitalia shown in them. And I, I think he thought I, it would crack me up as much as it cracks him up. Oh. Forgetting that I've been to Europe before and I know it's just, you know, it's art. And that's why I, maybe that's why he did it. Well, yeah, you've seen one stone genitalia, you've seen them all, right? Oh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Hey, he's a high school kid. I get it. I had a geography teacher when I, I think it was seventh grade, he, he went through and he showed us his pictures of Europe. And in there, he gave us a speech about how it's art and that's how it is over there when he took us through his slideshow. And like he had the pictures of, of us, the, the statues that Michelangelo did of, um, what is his name? David. Yes, of David. And he, you know, he, he showed us those and 
you know, he, and then he was at the Sistine Chapel and he showed us that and he explained, you know, it's like, it's, it's art. It's nothing to be kind of weird about. Uh, so I kind of got that in my head at, at an early age. So, so it's that, not like, look at the stones on that guy. Yeah, exactly. And then that teacher <laughs> went on to get fired from his job for having for a relationship. harassment? Yes. Oh, the writings were on the wall. Yeah, he was having uh, relationships with at least one student that they knew of. Um, yeah, that's wrong. Yeah, yeah, and th- this was junior high, so pretty young kid. Uh, ew, ew. And the principal was probably like, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he was also our assistant wrestling coach one year. This is, you're not going to give some like confessional about something that happened to you. <laughs> I've had a pretty tame uh, childhood. I had nothing like that. But uh, uh, oh, two, 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 te- Thank two teachers I, I, I know uh, from growing up uh, were fired from teaching for uh, that kind of stuff. Nothing they did to you, though, right? No, 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 nothing. Oh, thank God, man. I thought, I thought this conversation was going to go somewhere else, and I'm like, I'm not prepared. I just said I'm having a good day, man. I don't want <laughs> uh, no, to honestly, with that. Honestly, I maybe I might be one of the lucky ones, but I I had close to zero trauma growing up. So yeah, I had a pretty sheltered upbringing. Yeah, we've had this discussion before. You were a very sheltered child. I was. I was. It was around me, but I was kind of, you know, out of the storm. I was in the eye. Hey, that's a good perspective. I was in yeah. the eye. I, I wasn't in the eye, but I'm glad you were. Good, good for you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, and when I said I wasn't in the eye, like, I never had a t- teacher do anything like that. So, I just... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very well. Um, so, uh, yeah. That's not where uh, I thought we were going to go, but okay, very good. Life. All right, so, 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 so <laughs> let's go where, where you like. Let's talk about some movie stuff. Yes. Let's talk about fake life. Ooh, can I yes. tell you about a movie um, that I watched last night? Or it is, does that, do I have to with wait? My fl- You're messing with my flow again, but okay, go for it. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Just, I want to come back to it. I won't forget. Maybe. Right. Uh, so, I, you know, I, uh, 4th of July, you and I were cooking out and hanging out. A lot yeah. of America was at the movies. Actually, can we rephrase that? I was cooking out. You were hanging out. Not we. We're cooking out. I, I was there for support. I watched you put the cheese on the burgers. <laughs> so while we were sweating in 90 degree heat, everybody else was in the air conditioning watching movies. Yeah, basically. They're smarter than us. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so on the 4th of July, number one was Jurassic World again. Number two is Incredibles 2 again. And then number three, uh, doing $9.3 million on the 4th of July, we had a bunch of patriotic Americans come out and see the first purge. And I was as proud of that number, <laughs> $9.3 million on the 4th of July to see the first purge, America. America. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Everybody was coming out in droves to see the first purge. That's you know that's a movie with a thirteen million dollar budget, so nine point three on their opening day is not bad. Wow, that formula of making movies like that that don't cost a ton of money and just man, that is that's genius. That is so genius. I love it. 
Absolutely. I can, I can definitely take a small studio and really kind of put them in the game and let them kind of build up over the years. Yeah, absolutely. You get like a following and everything like that. I think it's great. So chances are that'll probably, uh, for this weekend, it'll probably be number two then based on those numbers, maybe, or no. I, we'll have to see. I, I don't know if it's kind of, you know, because they did the 4th of July release. So I don't know if, if, if the 4th is going to be the big day and then it goes down ever since or what they're going to do. That's a good point. Well, you're going to see a few people not want to see Ant-Man this weekend, I think. So, yeah, I'm not one of them. I want to see it this weekend, but I'll wait till next week. And hope Movie Pass does not make it one of the surge movies or whatever they call it now. So. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Cool. Good. Good for the per the per. Now is that the third one? I can't remember. I think it's the third, third or fourth. Third. I, or I didn't look it up. You know what I think I'm going to do with the Purge movies is like I did with the Saul movies. Like I waited till there was like four or five of those, and I was like, I finally got to watch one of these. And then I watched it, and I was like, all of them weren't great. But I thought all of them were good, good enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, good flicks. Yeah, the, the first one stars Ethan Hawke, so that's a good one to start at. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm gonna check them out. After our conversation the other day, I'm like, yeah, I want to check those out and see what's see what's the deal. Absolutely. So, uh, other things opening this weekend that that are in limited release. Uh, number one on the list for limited releases. Uh, Sorry to bother you. Have you seen the previews for this? Is that the telemarketing one? Yes, it is. Yeah. It kind of looks funny. It does. It's got a really stacked cast as well. A lot of names that I recognize are in that film. But basically, basic premise is this takes place like in an alternate version of today in Oakland. So it's kind of like alternate reality type um, vision. And um, it's all about a... a, uh, young African-American man that gets his job as telemarketing and he goes up the ranks really quickly because he learns how to use his white voice and it, it looks hilarious and David Cross is his white voice in the movie which uh, which is awesome I, I love David Cross who what has David Cross been in that I might know do you know the sketch comedy show Bob and Dave no do you know Arrested Development yes Part of it, maybe. He's he, he's the weird brother-in-law. See the guy the bald, with the glasses? Glasses, bald mustache, yeah. Yes, I know him. Uh, well, I don't know him, but yeah. He was also in Men in Black. Was his he? Mo- yeah, his mom made pizza bagels. Okay. <laughs> they were interviewing about something, and uh, his mom, like he lived at home with his mom, and she made pizza bagels. Anyway, but yeah, that's where I remember. He was also uh, in the collector's collection in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, no, uh, in Infinity War. He was in that movie. Cameo. Uh, you, you mean the, not the collector. Oh, Infinity War. Yeah, when, when, when Thanos goes... Uh, to to take over. Uh, I mean, he goes to get the other stone from the collector. I can't remember mm-hmm. which stone. And you see the collector's collection, right? When you're mm-hmm. there, the reality stone. He is in one of the cases 
Okay. Yeah. I think I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, yeah. So I don't know that, that you know, that's why it's limited release this week, but uh, I, that's one of those, it could have a cult following. It could turn out being really good. Yeah. It looks, it looks pretty funny to me, I think. So what else, what else is uh, in limited release or is you just, that was the only one. That's the one that looks interesting. There's a new Whitney Houston documentary coming out called Whitney. Uh, there's a Tanya Harding documentary coming out uh, called Sharp Edges. It's all about her very first uh, national competition. I'm like, okay, interesting. Interesting. The Whitney Houston one, uh, spoilers, I bet she dies at the end. I bet you're right. Yeah. Uh, th- there's a very bizarre uh, movie coming in. I think it's from Iceland, if, if I'm not if I'm, uh, wrong, called uh, Under the Tree. It's subtitled. It seems a little out there. Under the Tree? Does it have yeah. a premise? Uh, the premise is next-door neighbors get into a fight about a, about a tree that's overhanging on one of their uh, um, houses or onto their yards. And it's this kind of spat becomes like this big, violent spiral out of control, like war between neighbors movie. Interesting. I can see how that would be a funny movie. Is that is it a comedy? Yeah, it's a comedy drama. Okay. So. That, that, that sounds like an interesting premise to me because living in suburbia, like, there's such, such weird... Um, uh, you know things that people bug people where you're like that's kind of trivial but yeah I could see how that would be a funny movie yeah it's too bad it's it's a subtitled import though I you know just watching it I'm watching the previews for it I'm like I can't get into this they all they all seem too polite <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good cool under the tree yep. and it has nothing to do with Christmas and presents. Correct. Okay. Very good, sir. And then the other limited release one is No Postage Necessary, which is kind of like a guy who's a hacker that kind of poses as like post people and uh, IT people that break into buildings to get codes to be able to hack into places and try to pe- steal people's mail to hack into places and he falls in love. Looks cute. He falls in love with the mail? Hmm. Not the mail, with a woman while he's pretending to be a, a mail carrier. Oh, I thought it was going to be something weird, uh, something uh, different, like that movie Her. Like he falls in love with somebody's pe- mail package, not like mail. Pa- Never mind. Let's move in. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from. I, I totally understand what you're talking about. <laughs> no, it's not one of those movies, Nick. That's good. Okay, very good. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Uh, that's all I got for new releases. Uh, I got a ton of movie news, though. Um, so Sci-Fi is in works to do a Nightbreed series, and I am very excited about that because I'm a big fan of Nightbreed. Uh, it was a t- it was a movie that came out in 1990, based on a book done by Clive Barker named Cabal. Named Cladal. Cabal. Okay. Clive Barker from Hellraiser fame? Yes. And you said sci-fi is doing this? 
Yeah, yeah, and Sci-Fi is doing a show based off of um, Nightbreed, which I think is a great idea. It's a really interesting story. There's a lot of characters in it. You can do a lot with that storyline. So it's got a good stable, and you know they can go for a few seasons with it at least. E- easily, yeah. I, I mean, the whole story is that. Uh, there are these people that are different that kind of have sp- powers that have been around for hundreds of years uh, and they kind of have this their own underground society so there's a lot of history that you could take and play with uh, but even the the Cabal movie and uh, the, the, I'm sorry the Cabal book and Nightbreed that story there's a ton of characters just in that story alone so I, I think it could be a really good series and Sci-Fi has done a lot of good series over the years so I'm, I'm curious yeah I was, I was just about to say Sci-Fi does does some pretty good stuff um so yeah that would that'd be interesting i might have to check that out when it's, i've never read it but clive barker is pretty uh you know he's got a good following and everything so uh they got a real good shot at that that's that's interesting that's good news did you ever see the movie nightbreed no uh i recommend it i think it's a good flick it's kind of two movies in, in one uh, the first half of the movies is kind of you know interesting, bizarre, weird, trippy serial killer thing, and then the second half of the movie is kind of about this underground secret world and these things that are kind of like monsters, um, and it's kind of how these two stories come together. Uh, really interesting. I, I liked it when it came out. Nice. When when did it come out? Nineteen ninety. Oh oh wow okay. Yeah. Well. Okay, I might have to check that out. I like I like movies from back in that time, so especially that type of sounding movies. I thought those were really good staples uh, back in the late '80s and early '90s. Yeah, that was kind of like a blockbuster days, and uh, a movie like that would have been a perfect blockbuster rental. If you, you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, I sure do. Okay. Cool. Night Night Breed. Mm-hmm. One word. One word. Okay. Good deal. What else we got? So, what is going on with DC and Warner Brothers? Uh, Other than they can't make a good movie? Or no? There are two dozen DC comic book themed movies in development right now at Warner Brothers. Uh, Either TV shows or movies. Two dozen. Two dozen? Yeah. Wow. The TV shows seem to be doing good. Yeah, that's true. But a lot of movies in development, um, six movies right now that are in development have the Joker in them. There's six Joker movies? They have six Joker movies that are all in some stage of development. Okay, so I know that there's one with Joaquin Phoenix, right? Yep, Joaquin Phoenix is just going to sign on to do the, like, it looks like a kind of a Joker origin movie that they think is going to be based off the killing joke. Uh, that's the one that's going to be produced by Scorsese. Okay, so that's the one that's going to be produced by Scorsese because I knew Scorsese was going to do one, so they're both connected? Yeah, Scorsese is producing the Joaquin Phoenix one. Okay. Okay, very good. So he's not going to get Leonardo DiCaprio to to be the Joker. Yeah, that was the rumor for a while, and apparently Leonardo was interested in it, but it ended up with it uh, ended up being Joaquin, which I'm 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 interested in. I think he could do a good Joker. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Yeah, yeah. I, so okay, well, what are the other five then? 
All right. All the all the other five are uh, they look like Jared Leto uh, Joker movies. So there's supposed to be a Joker Suicide Squad spinoff movie that was just officially greenlit uh, a week or two ago. There is a Gotham City Sirens movie that's in development. That would be uh, Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn, and Catwoman. That one looks kind of shaky. They that one may not happen, but it's still officially slated to be in development. Okay. There is a Joker Harley Quinn uh, spinoff movie that was originally going to be called The Joker versus Harley Quinn, but now they've changed the name to Joker Harley Quinn um, for the movie. Yeah, and they should that one, stay away from the versus stuff. I think. Yeah, <laughs> it may be. And now we have a Harley Quinn solo movie, which that is the one where. Uh, Oh, what is her name? Um, Margot, uh, I can't think of her last name. Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. She, she's producing that one. So that's one that's, that's the most likely to happen. And Suicide Squad 2 is greenlit. All of these presumably will have the Joker in them. Um, okay, well, what do you think about all of this? Because I think that... I think Margot Robbie did a good job as Harley Quinn in that movie. And one is one of the few bright spots, her and Diablo, I really liked. Uh, so I can, I am down for them to do a movie where she comes back as Harley Quinn. Yeah, I, I'm a fan of her work. Everything I've seen her in so far, I've really enjoyed. I think she's a good actress, and uh, she, she's got the look. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm curious about that. Uh, Suicide Squad, I don't think it's any actor's fault. I think, once again, the, the script wasn't there. It was a very, very weak villain. Yeah, I agree. I tend to agree with that. I, I wanted a lot more from that movie, and, you know, I... I I wasn't a fan of the Joker, the take of the Joker in that movie. Now, not having read the comics and everything like that, I I don't know if there was a Joker that that was based off of. I just, I wasn't a fan of it. I don't believe so from the comic books that there was a Joker like that. They, they wanted to try to do a modern Joker, which uh, hasn't really existed yet. I like the look of the Jared Leto Joker. You know, I, I like the, the methed out Joker instead of the coked out Joker. Uh, I thought that was an interesting way of doing it. I just didn't like the mumbling Joker where I could halfway understand all of his lines. I like the over the top, larger than life, loud Joker, not a mumbler. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like larger than life, I think that's a great description of what the Joker should be in my in my eyes the the mumbling thing like that really threw me off as well uh i didn't like the uh yeah i just didn't like the gold teeth thing like um i don't know it's like the the clown prince of darkness right that's that's the joker like one of the things i loved about jack nicholson's it was kind of hokey and campy and everything like that but it was a clown and it was kind of funny in a way and like um Heath Ledger, right? He his Joker was like a depressing, sad, scary clown, but still a clown. Like I didn't understand what Jared Leto's clown was supposed to be. So or maybe it just didn't resonate with me. No, I I I don't think you're alone on this. And and, and uh, Let, uh, Leto or Leto, however you want to say it, it's kind of said he he really wants to come back and he wants to do another Joker movie to kind of redeem himself. And uh, I'll give him the chance. I'll definitely keep my mind open and check it out. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's the important thing is like they make these movies, we're going to watch them. It's just how many times are you going to watch it? I think that's what what really sells comic book movies is the rewatch factor of it. Yeah, it's that and it's the people that are going to go see it in the theater instead of waiting to see something on DVD cuz a lot a lot of things I'll I will just wait to see on DVD. Yeah, like I would tell you like all of these Joker movies, well I would probably base it off of the trailer and say, okay, this looks pretty decent. But I would say most of these Joker movies, I would sit there and be like, okay, I'll wait until it comes out on, on DVD or digital or on demand before I see it. Redbox, mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. have you. So also in the uh, DC uh, news is they've officially announced a, a Batman reboot prequel movie. Uh, so that is greenlit. They're working on the script right now. No casting or directing or producing uh, roles have been named, but it looks like it's going to happen. Uh, the overall producers for the the, the DC division, though, f- uh, for uh, Warner Brothers movies, they're kind of half-assing it. They're basically in an interview. They basically said, "Yeah, if it goes well, we'll tie it into the DC cinematic universe and you know kind of build up there. If it doesn't, it'll just be a standalone." So again, it's just like, what are they doing at DC? They're just kind of throwing stuff at the wall. Yeah, it just seems like they don't have a plan. Yeah, two dozen pieces in development. Not like uh, Marvel, where they where they plotted out the next ten years uh, of movie releases, and they knew exact pretty closely what the, what they were going to do. This there's like, oh, let's just try this, try that, try that, try that, see what sticks. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of annoying because, uh, you know, Marvel has kind of figured out uh, the formula of what works. You could copy that formula, but they just insist on doing it their own way and, and kind of doing a classic movie making way. And um, so far, it has not worked for them. Well, I guess it has. They've had limited success with it. The Christopher Nolan things, uh, movies, those worked. Uh, back in the day, the original Superman movies and the... Um, uh, Tim Burton Batman movies that worked. Just as of late, they've been having problems, and Wonder Woman worked too. So it's kind of it's a it's a mixed bag. Yeah, I but I think I don't know. I could be wrong, but I think what made Wonder Woman work is not sustainable. Is that wrong to say? Like no. I don't I don't think that that's sustainable. Uh, in my opinion. It, it, it was a first, and and you're never going to get that first again. You know, the finally the first woman superhero movie. Yes. And you know, same thing with Black Panther. I I, I think uh, you know I think they built something really good in that movie, and they can definitely leverage that for future films that'll be successful. But that'll always be the first Black Panther and the and the first African American. Or I can't even say African American, can I? The first uh, African hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. African, absolutely. The first African centric hero. Yeah, Wonder Woman, uh, Black Panther, both very the first type movies, and you respect them for that. It'll be interesting. I think Black Panther 2 will be uh, better received than maybe Wonder Woman 2, just because the people that are running the show. That That's the only reason I say that, not because it's woman or man or African versus like woman, like none of that stuff. It's just the fact that Wonder Woman is controlled by the people that are controlling DC right now and Black Panther is controlled by Marvel. 
I agree, and but that too. There's also you know Wonder Woman. The last movie was World War One. Uh, now this movie, it's 1984. So that means they lost all the characters, everything they've established in that first movie. All you have left is basically Wonder Woman. Uh, while yeah. Black Panther, it comes back in with that humongous cast of this awesome characters that we love to keep going and continuing their stories. That, that's a really good point. That's a really good point because that's a heck of a jump from World War One to to that. You know, they couldn't have jumped from they couldn't have went Call of Duty style and went World War One to World War Two to you know and went like that. They they mm-hmm. they jumped quite a few years. What fifty years? Yeah, is, more. Yeah, that that's a lot, man. That's a lot. Yeah, more like 60 years. Mm-hmm. What's she been doing the whole time? Just hanging out? Chilling? We we, <laughs> we will have to see. Yeah, we will. I mean, I'll see it. I'll see it because, you know, I, I will. Like, Wonder Woman, like, I wasn't the greatest fan of Wonder Woman, but I think it's one of the better DC movies that's came out since the Dark Knight trilogy ended, so. Absolutely, I agree. You know, so, so and now speaking yep, of yep. more DC movies, uh, it looks like very, very shortly they may be announcing the development of Man of Steel two. Okay, so they're gonna obviously that'll be part of the extended universe, right? Good question. Uh, they're they're being very strange about what's part of the universe, what's not going to be, or if they're going to go all standalone going forward. It really feels like they're going to like just try some things and then see if they want to connect them together or not. Hmm. If you could uh, rewrite it. So like, I just, I don't see how they make Man of Steel 2 without saying, you know, Batman versus Superman and Justice League happened. Like they have to reference those. I got to think. You know, you know, right now, I mean, at, at all times, you know, whenever the Justice League comic books were going, Superman comic books were going as well, too. And there's always a lot of solo Superman stuff that you can do. He's got a huge cast of villains that he can go up against that aren't from Justice League or from, um, you know, the Lex Luthor team. Mm, good point. So there's a lot, lot they, could, they could do that, you know, they, they could bring out uh, the Leech, who he, he can be a really good uh, villain to, to use. They can do Lobo, who's a fa- fan favorite. People would love to see that movie. Uh, I don't think they've done anything with Brainiac yet in the cinematic universe. He's one of the big bads. So there's a lot of ways they can go. Yeah, it'll be interesting because I I think DC's really got to redeem themselves uh, and not just say, oh, well, we made Wonder Woman and we're going to continue making those type of movies. Uh, I would really love to see DC redeem themselves because when I was a kid, DC was it. To me, like I didn't know a lot about Marvel characters, so uh, yeah, I would love to see them do it right. So I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of faith in them. Cautiously optimistic, maybe. Yeah, you know, and, and, and right now too, in the, in the comics universe, uh, DC is still it in terms of distribution. They're they're way above Marvel. Um, you know, they've got the best selling comics, and they have more of, of the best selling comics than Marvel does. So, yeah, they're still kicking butt on the comic front. The, the only thing that Marvel's winning at right now is the movies. Yeah. Well, I'll, you know, maybe they should get some of those comic writers to come help them out. Yeah. 
And it looks like they're going to try to be doing a little, a little bit more of that going forward. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis was one of the big writers from Marvel. He just did the big exodus from Marvel to DC in December or January. He's writing the Man of Steel comic books right now in, the, in action comics. They think one of the reasons why he wanted to go from Marvel to DC was a chance to work more in the film universe. So we'll see. Okay, well, that's good. That's good. That's a that's a start, I think. So let's go with that. What, what else? Um, okay, so Man of Steel 2. All right, very good. Yeah, the, the speculation on that is Cavill has nothing on his upcoming schedule for movies to film. And right now, Warner Brothers is begging him to come to Comic-Con. And they think they want him to come to Comic-Con to announce either to announce a Man of Steel 2 or to introduce uh, Shazam, so one or the other. But it looks like it could be for the Man of Steel 2 announcement. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. I would venture to say probably the Man of Steel announcement. Uh, did you ever think we would get to a day where it's like the big announcements from Warner Brothers at Comic-Con are Man of Steel 2 and Shazam. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yes, I'm really skeptical about, about Shazam. We'll have to see how that goes. You know, I, I liked him as a Justice League character. I never read him as a solo character. He's one that can be really silly and cheesy real easily. Uh, the, 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 the pictures I've seen from the set for Shazam, I'm like, Ugh, I don't know. But I said the same thing about the pictures for, uh, from the set from Superman and from Wonder Woman. So we'll have to see. Yeah. And who Shazam is being played by Zachary Levi, right? Uh, that sounds correct. Yes. Okay. And see, all I know him from is I know he was in Thor. The first Thor, I believe, is one of the Warriors three. But all I know him as is Chuck. From that TV show. So I, I don't know. I don't know enough about Shazam as a character, though. So I will reserve judgment. Well, I mean, Shazam, the, the whole, the, the, the typical Shazam story is Shazam is actually a little kid. He's like a 12 year old kid. It's just whenever he uses the power of Shazam, he turns into a grown man that has all this power. So the, the character is always kind of, it's a 12 year old kid sense of humor. And he's always joking around while he's doing his thing. Oh, well, see, that kind of, I didn't know that. That kind of sounds interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, in the Shazam comics, yeah, he's he's a kid that basically gets this. Uh, I think it's like an ancient Egyptian power, or Middle Eastern, which is Egypt. Anyways, he get he 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 stumbles onto this power and is able to basically turn into this entity, and it's you know Shazam and Black Adam. Black Adam has basically the same same power, but he's an evil sorcerer. Hmm, wasn't uh, the Rock going to be Black Adam? Yeah, he was. He was originally going to be Black Adam. They they said that like five years ago. Yeah, I remember that. Hmm. Maybe they'll get him at Comic Con and just surprise everybody. You heard it here first on the. That's right. We're, we're speculating. <laughs> we're speculating so that we can say, "See, we knew that was going to happen." That's right. <laughs> Uh, okay. And, what what else do we have? Uh, one other thing I got left from um, DC is uh, the Swamp Thing t uh, TV series is in development, and that will be the first show that they put on the DC Universe streaming service. And this one actually sounds pretty cool because they've signed up James Wan and uh, Darren Serafian 
Seraphian to do the pilot episode. James Wan of Aquaman fame, yeah? James Wan of Saw, Insidious, The Conjuring, Furious 7, and Aquaman fame, yes. Well, yeah, uh, that other stuff too, but I meant recently. So, yeah, the the horror-turned-action, now comic book almost sounds like, yeah? Yeah, and, and Swamp Thing, definitely, you could do a horror element with it, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, that that's that's really cool. That's that's really cool. It reminds me like when we saw, when we first saw that New Mutants trailer, I mm-hmm. was like this looks really cool to take a superhero and go like the horror way with it. I I don't know if they're ever, you know, that New Mutants movie is ever going to see the light of day, but I'd really like to see somebody do something like that. So Swamp Thing would be a really cool uh character for them to do that to. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the second director, uh, Darren Serafian, I'm sure I'm pronouncing his name wrong. Uh, his history is he did a bunch of episodes of CSI house and he's currently doing uh Rosewood. Okay. I've never seen Rosewood. Saw a lot of episodes of CSI, the original, not any of the, the spinoffs. Mm-hmm. And I saw every episode of house. So, uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he sounds pretty like a successful, uh, track records so that that'd be good that'd be really good yeah it's exciting me they're, they're bringing in some some big talent to, to direct these this uh, pilot episode so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it excellent yeah good deal so that's that's all the news on the dc front huh uh yes it is that bat you said that batman movie so this isn't the the uh the matt reeves batman right that was my name matt reeves that did uh the planet of the apes uh, I'm not sure. Like I said, there's two dozen different things out there. Yeah. To keep straight what they're really going to do and what they're not. Yeah. Is it going to be bad? Is it going to be Ben Affleck? Is it going to be Jake Gyllenhaal? Who's going to be this, that, and the other thing? So yeah, very interesting. Okay. Well, now, now, now this Batman that they know for sure is not going to be Ben Affleck because they want to do a reboot, a prequel. So definitely they, they said it's, it's not going to be an Affleck movie. Oh, I wonder how young they make him. Okay. I don't know. I mean, uh, Batman Year One, that's a really cool storyline. If they were to do that for a movie, I'd be very interested in that, where it's a, a young Batman and a young Jim Gordon. Okay, so let's let's talk about that really quick. Uh, Batman Year One, like I, that's actually a story that I've read or listened to, I guess. Somebody read it to me. I agree. I thought that was a really good story. So who would you cast? Who's Batman? Hmm. You know what? Uh, what is his name? Uh, the the uh, the one the, the, from the last Batman movie, the one that was gonna kind of slated to be the Robin. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, I would go with him. Interesting. Hmm. That's a that's a oh man, you just completely threw off my train of thought. That was a really good one. Oh, thank uh, you. Uh, okay. What about your Jim Gordon? Who would that be? Hmm. I like the Jim Gordon from the Gotham TV series. I would go with, I'd actually go with him or I would go with uh, someone very much like him. Who would I go with? You know what? I I think, um, I think comic book movies uh, have a way that they can take unknowns and make them stars overnight. 
Uh, I would I would almost uh, argue Chris Hemsworth was one of those, and I'd love to go with an unknown for that role. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on both fronts. Like, I don't see. I ask you the question, and now I'm like, dude, I don't know because like your pick was really good. So uh, for Batman, so I'm like I'm trying to think in my head all these different people, and I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't know who I would do because like. I would go, my mind would go somebody that's in their forties or something like that, but that's not for the year one type thing. So, uh, it would have to be somebody in their twenties. And like, I really don't know of any actor that's in their twenties where I'd be like, yeah, that's a good Batman. Other, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he could play somebody in his twenties, right? He's obviously older than that, but he looks younger than that. So, uh, I, Dude, I, I'm a, it's a cop out, but I would say you're you're right on for that. And I think that Commissioner Gordon. So my thing with Commissioner Gordon, I would have loved to have seen more of J.K. Simmons Simmons as Commissioner Gordon. Uh, you know, he was Commissioner Gordon in the Justice League. Like I would have loved to see more of him as Commissioner Gordon. But um, obviously, with the storyline and everything like that. So yeah. So uh, I will say this. Uh, I'm not that uh, excited about uh, J.K. Simmons uh, taking up a mantle as Gordon again, simply because I thought he was the perfect J. Jonah Jameson in the in the Marvel universe. Oh yeah, he was really good in that role. He was really straight, good in that role. Straight out of the comic books, I thought I thought he nailed it. I thought he was hilarious and as powerful. I, I really liked him in that. Yeah, and I guess one of the things that I liked about him as Gordon is because like, I look at Gordon as like this gritty, this gritty type guy, this older, like, you know, I don't gruffy, you know, scruffy type, uh, character. So I, I thought that given the opportunity, he would do a, a really good job. I just don't think he got enough opportunity in those movies. So, but, um, yeah, I, I have a hard time. Like I, I would agree with you and say that I would really like to see somebody that's uh, either not been part of the superhero movie genre yet, or somebody that's like a relative unknown, maybe from TV or smaller roles in movies, something like that. Yeah, play those absolutely. Roles. So yeah. Yeah, that's my that's my opinion on those movies. Well, sounds good. All right, moving on. Uh, earlier, you mentioned that um, the New Mutants. Who knows we're going to see that or not? You can also put Dark Phoenix in that list now as well. Are we going to see it or not? Yeah, that, so that's the X Men sequel, right? Yep that that, that's gonna, that was supposed to be the, the latest X Men movie that was supposed to be uh, released in November. The test screening screenings uh, bombed. So they moved it back to February, I believe, uh, because of reshoots. Okay. And now Sony has completely removed it from its website. So we don't know if it's an error or not, but uh, right now it is not on Sony's uh, website whatsoever. Oh, man. Wow. Wait, I'm Wait sorry, a minute. not Sony. Fox. 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 Yeah, Fox. My oh, bad. man, that's, that stinks. Ugh. Yeah, I didn't know this. This is... Um... That's too bad, man. I uh, now all the X Men movies aren't great, but like, I don't know. Like, 
those first couple were so good that it gives you hope for the rest of them. And then they came back and did Days of Future Past, which was, I thought was great. Uh, first Class was good. And Days of Future Past. Apocalypse, I was like, eh. But I was hoping that maybe it would be different. But, uh, man, it would. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that one never saw the light of day either just because of the pending sale and everything else. They may just be like, you know what? Forget it. It's not going to work out. So, uh, so when I was reading about the story, I saw a little bit more than I wanted to see. But uh, there is a Reddit group set up where people that went to the screening of um, – the test screening for Dark Phoenix kind of spoiled like major plot points on this Reddit page. And they redid a bunch of scenes from X-Men 3, uh, Last Stand, in this movie. And that's why the the people thought the, the Dark Phoenix was underwhelming. Really? So they just took a lot of... No, okay, so the guy, right? I, I could be wrong and you don't have to Google it, but I think the guy, Simon... Kyberg or Kieberg or something like that who is directing this was the same guy that stepped in for Brian Singer on Singer Singer yeah on Last Stand right Oh I didn't know Singer uh, went off on on Last Stand I, well, I, never heard I that. think I think they tried to like get him to come back and they were he was like yeah I'm not going to do it or something like that. I don't know the details but I think I remember reading something like that 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 this guy's who stepped in at that point but I could be wrong and then they just gave him this full movie but based on what you're saying so people were essentially saying they took a lot of the scenes from Last Stand and just refilmed them for for Dark Phoenix. Is, that's what it was, Dark, Dark Phoenix. That's what they're calling this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So according to what I've read, they did. Here are the three that I saw. They redid the scene where uh, Jean Grey uses her her power to control Cyclops's eyes without his goggles on to, to kiss. They redid the scene where uh, Charles first meets uh, Jean Grey as as a child, and they they redid the disintegrating Charles Xavier scene. Well, how's that work? Because we all saw Logan, and Xavier was still around, right? It wasn't Days of Future Past to say, "Hey, this is how things happen. We're changing it, so this is the future." And then the future going forward is the future. So, what they're saying is now that's no longer the case. <laughs> well, we also saw. Did you see Deadpool two yet? I did. And we also saw in Deadpool 2 a bunch of ridiculous time travel, so that cancels out everything that's happened beforehand. Oh, boy. I, well, yeah. Can we just say that nobody's going to do it like Marvel, the, the, the Marvel, Kevin Feige Marvel? Like, I, is it, we just got, we're so spoiled by them that everything else to us like we have this like expectation that's so unrealistic is is that true you know i mean they, they set the bar pretty high uh but but you can go higher than the bar is it easier to miss the bar without their help yes it is you know i i i applaud sony for what they did with spider-man homecoming you know they're sony's like hey 
uh, give us a hand. And they, and they said, yeah, we'll definitely give you a hand. And it turned out to be, in my opinion, a fantastic film. Yeah, I love that. I love that flick. Like, the whole idea yeah. behind it, the, you know, teenager that's really a teenager, like, and he's a he's a younger-looking guy. Like, Tobey Maguire, by the time that second Spider-Man movie came out, like, you'd seen him in all this stuff before, so you weren't really buying it. And Andrew Garfield, same way. It's like, he looks like a kid. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the kid that they got to do it, I mean, he... He plays the role so good. Uh, I saw him on a... I watched a panel from a, a Comic-Con. Kevin Smith was uh, the moderator, and it had him and Anthony Mackie, who plays the Falcon, and Sebastian Stan, who plays the Winter Soldier, and they were all on this, and they were, and they were just talking about the things that they do and stuff like that. And, like, you can see, like, just the way that this guy acts normally as a younger person, how he can easily turn into a teenager. So I just thought they hit that casting out of the park. Absolutely. And, and I think just hearing him in interviews, he's a great ambassador. He, he just, he's so into it. He loves it. He seems like such a, like a nice uh, young guy. Uh, perfect casting in my opinion. I hope he, he goes on and has a long successful career in Hollywood. Cause I, right now I think he's great. Yeah. And, and one of the things that, uh, you know, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan were giving him a hard time about was him wanting to meet every single fan and talk to every single fan, just not like shuffle them through the line and take pictures and this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, that's what you want, right? And a, and a superhero that you're going to put on screen is you want somebody that's going to cater to the fans. And, and especially at a young age like that guy is. Yeah, I agree with you. I hope I hope he has a really long career. I hope they keep making these Spider-Man movies with him for a really long time. Yeah, same here. Absolutely. Because you know they with with Iron Man, right? Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. When he came into the role, he was already an older guy, so it's like you're bumping up against that timeline. Uh, Spider-Man, you don't have that. T- you don't have that timeline the same way. Like you can make Spider-Man movies with this guy specifically for probably 20 years if you wanted to, if they were still selling and you were seeing this guy grow up as, you know, Spider-Man. So I, I just think it's something that people can connect to for a really long time with the character. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And that's what they need to do for, for Batman year one, if that's what they do, is not necessarily find a teenager, but somebody that's in his younger 20s, not really known, that people can grow up with, and you, he can be your Batman for over a decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do like that idea. And not somebody that's like, hey, he just got a, a movie contract for $20 million, so we're not sure if he's going to be the you know, in the next Batman movie or the next Batman movie is not going to come out for four or five years because this guy's directing these movies and everything like that. Like you want somebody that's going to appreciate the character. That's going to want everything that has to go with the character. And it's not just being the character on screen. It's the, the cons and the, the meet and greets and the ambassador. Like you said, like, that's what you want. I think for the next Batman Absolutely. They, they, they really need to kind of win back the audience. 
And uh, yeah, they, they need the right guy for the role. Yeah, maybe they should call Kevin Feige and say, hey, Kevin, who would you cast as the next Bruce Wayne <laughs> Batman? Yeah, yeah, no, they need to get an Australian or something. They, they need either a Hemsworth or a uh, uh, who are the other guys, the other big uh, acting family. The Scars Guards. The Scars Guards. He needs. They need a Hemsworth or a Scars Guard. Hemsworth or a Scars Guard. <laughs> There's nobody else. It has to be one of those folks. <laughs> they are the best. They are the best. That's right. Uh, yeah, man. I. I yeah, I think that's what they need to do. I, yeah, like I said, they hit it out of the park with uh, casting that guy and, and that movie. And uh, yeah. Speaking of Spider-Man and Sony, uh, Sony announced that they are going to do a Morbius movie, The Living De- Vampire. The Living Dead. Okay. Who do they? Is there anybody attached to it yet? Jared Leto is going to be Morbius. See, I could buy him more as that than Joker. You? I, I mean, I don't know. Have you read the Morbius stuff? A little bit. I was a big Ghost Rider fan when I was a kid, and uh, Morbius and, and uh, did a, a, a lot of crossovers with Ghost Rider, and they were part of a team with Blade called, I think they're called the Night Stalkers. So, okay. yeah, I, I read some of the stuff. Ooh, why don't they do that, man? Why don't they, why don't they do a... a Okay, I, I like the character Ghost Rider. I think it's awesome. And I thought that first Ghost Rider movie with Nicolas Cage, I liked it, personally. Uh, I think Nicolas Cage is kind of old to be Ghost Rider, but I like the story. I just thought it was decent for what it was because I really like Ghost Rider. So why not do a Ghost Rider movie? You got this Morbius guy, right, uh, with Jared Leto. Do re redo Blade, and and then that's your small universe right there. Why can't you have a and do your what do you call it the Night Stalkers? Why not do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I mean a lot of people have been asking for the DC Dark Universe. Uh, Marvel's got a great uh, Dark Universe already. They could do a lot with. Yeah, for sure. I I think that would be cool. I think that would be cool to see somebody. Uh, I, I don't know who you cast as Blade, uh, but I'd like to see another Blade movie. I like the first couple Blade movies. I mean, even Blade Trinity, Trinity, right? I, I mean, it had its purpose. I, I thought those movies were decent. Yeah, that, absolutely. Especially for the time, you know, the, the Blade movies and the Ghost Rider movies. Before we kind of figured out um, what comic book fans are looking for from these movies, they were fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would say that uh, cast the guy that played Killmonger as Blade, but I think he's too, he's kind of getting up there in popularity. And plus, he was Killmonger and you know Creed and everything like that. I'm sure you can find somebody else though. And he was uh, uh, Johnny Storm in the Fantastic Four reboot. We're not going to talk about that. No, we're not. <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah. That movie, uh, 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 yeah. Have uh, I told you my theory on that movie? No. I think someone wrote. Here's here's my conspiracy theory, and I have not researched this at all. But I think someone wrote just a regular sci-fi movie. Some uh, producer got it. And they go, "Hey, 
if we change these people's powers, this could this could be the characters from the Fantastic Four. Because there is nothing, nothing in that movie that is from the Fantastic Four storylines, from the history, from the comic books. The only thing they have in common is the powers. That's it. That's it. Hmm. And you know what? If that movie was a just a regular sci-fi movie and they gave them different powers and they didn't call it Fantastic Four, I probably would have liked it. Interesting. That's a good theory. I will tell you one thing, though, that I know for a fact is when they did all the reshoots for Fantastic Four, do you know who did those? No. The same guy that just filmed the Dark Phoenix movie. Oh, really? Yes, sir. Interesting. So I think that's what I got confused on. I said the last stand, but it was. He did the research, reshoots for Fantastic Four because they couldn't get the director back because of the huge falling out that the studio and them ha- and the director had. So, yeah, they brought that guy in to do the reshoots. <laughs> Interesting. Small world, huh? Yeah, and, and I think I read somewhere that part of getting him to be able to do the reshoots was telling him they would let him do his own movie. So that I think that's where it kind of stemmed from. But but yeah, I don't know nothing about... I don't know anything about the Fantastic Four. Those, the first Fantastic Four movie, the one that had Jessica Alba and Captain America. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think that that was a decent comic book movie for back then. Kind of like Ghost Rider and Blade. Before we knew what we really wanted in comic book movies, I thought that first one was okay. The second one, the Silver Surfer one, I thought was weak. But then the reboot one was just like, that was just so bad. It was so bad. Fantastic Four, I think, is the worst superhero movie to do uh, out of the gate. Um, And here's why. I think the best superheroes are for movies are Batman, Spider-Man, and Superman. Because those are guys that normally every day, every night, they're out patrolling. So there's so many stories they can do. Right in, in the first 10 minutes of the movie, you can get action because they're out patrolling. Fantastic Four, they're a team. And they're scientists. So the Fantastic Four spend 90% of their lives sitting in their lab doing stuff in the lab, doing science stuff. And it's only when something humongous and big happens, almost like Avengers-style big only when that happens do they actually do something action-wise. So in terms of like doing an action comic book movie, uh, the Fantastic Four are horrible for it, in my opinion. I, now I think now that we have a Marvel Universe and they could bring them in on big stuff, they'd be good in that scenario. But just doing just a Fantastic Four movie, they're boring. They really are. Yeah, so you're saying that they would be better as a supporting characters than the main focus. Either that, or they're they're good at a big lead-up event, uh, where, where they're going to bring in the entire Marvel universe, because that's how they kind of are are used uh, in the comic books today. I mean, if uh, if Galactus comes to Earth and they and it's the, the Avengers and the Fantastic Four taking on Galactus, that'd be awesome. That'd be great. If they ever do the whole scroll invasion of the of um, of the uh, of uh, of the world thing, they'd be great in that. But just a regular Fantastic Four story, it's like okay, they're sitting around their lab, they're doing science stuff, and then something big happens, and then the whole movie, you're waiting around, and you don't really get superhero action until the last 15 minutes of the movie, which is the way the first two movies basically are. Yeah. 
And, it, and that's just because that's the way their characters are. Can't you rewrite the characters, though? Like, for instance, and this is what I'm thinking, like, <laughs> as funny as it sounds, the original Ninja Turtles movie, right? They're turtles, they're in the they're cellars and whatever, but Raphael, if I remember this correctly, he wanted to go out and help people. And so that's what he was kind of doing. He was patrolling at night and helping people and stuff like that. Couldn't you develop those characters that way? You could. It's just, it's just so on Fantastic Four uh, from a comic book perspective because, you know, uh, Mr. Fantastic is the smartest man in the world, and he spends his life doing sciencey stuff. Um, but Sue Bruce Storms Banner's wife. is kind of like that, though, right? Or he's a smart guy, too. So is Bruce Iron Banner's, Man. Bruce Banner spends, spends his entire life getting chased by the military, which and, that, and that's the angle they use in the first two movies, and that works. That gives you action right away. I see what you're saying. Okay, so you're just saying, like, their entire background is being scientists. Yeah, and kind of waiting for things to come to them, basically. So, okay, what about rewriting it so that they're stuck in space and they're trying to get home? That would be an awesome movie. Yeah, I, something like that would be really good. Or them stuck in an alien world. Uh, them going to the Scroll home world. That, that would be a, a great movie. Ooh, that'd be a really good movie. Yeah, maybe maybe that's what maybe that's the answer then. As you 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 know they they so this all happens with an accident, right? Based on the movies, I really don't know the comics, but there was the accident while they're in space. Now they got the superpowers. Yep, cos- cosmic radiation. That, that that is the origin. Okay. The only thing different from the movie and the, and the comic books is that Doctor Doom has nothing to do with their origin in the comic books. Which. As part of the issue, I think, with the movie, right, is Dr. Doom, like, everybody having to tie Dr. Doom into what's going on with them. So maybe maybe that's the answer, is the first movie has nothing to do with them, uh, with Dr. Doom whatsoever. Maybe it's them, so they're going up in space, and that's what you do. You introduce them in the next Thor movie. There you go. You know, either that or, or, or let, let me let me go back on what I said. Next movie, it starts out with Doc, the real Doctor Doom, who is the dictator of his own country in Eastern Europe, where the movie starts where he's abducting them and the Fantastic Four are trying to uh, break their way out of Latveria. So why is he abducting them? Uh, in the comic book, so so Doctor Doom is a dictator of a country, small country called I think it's Latveria. And it's very much like Wakanda. They're a completely isolated nation that are um, decades, technology-wise, ahead of the whole whole world. And they have some sort of technology that that uh, Reed Richards can can offer them, or he's trying to reverse engineer their powers, or something like that. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, and 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 his nation. Uh, if you can actually get into his nation, it's just it's weapons and uh, galore. You know, it's kind of like Soviet Russia, uh, Russia, with the way they set it up in the comic books, where he is a dictator. Uh, everyone serves the state, 
and that they're just and they're like I said in terms of science they're decades ahead of everyone and they've got a super built up mil- uh, military and they already have like a military robots they've had them for years and he needs help with something on the military side so he abducts them to help him yeah or he or he abducts Reed and then the other three go after him that would be good okay so here okay it's probably way off base but what's what about this like you said it's a country right that he's ruling you said it was almost like the equivalent of Wakanda except for reverse because it's bad right yeah so what if there's like a green vibranium or something like that and you write it like that where it's like uh, T'Challa finds out about this country and he goes in there and he has to get the other three to help save Richards and also take down Dr. Doom nothing to do with the comics but I'm just saying because you said Wakanda you could do that you, you, you could finally bring adamantium into the um, into the cinematic universe for Marvel which they haven't done yet uh, there's not, there's a lot of like uh, magical materials out there that they could go they could uh, use and go for very true interesting or he's like hmm I thought you know vibranium was stronger whatever and what about this stuff that would be that would be interesting um, yeah, I thought, I thought it would be interesting, like, if, like, they run into, like, the next Thor movie, they're out in space, or maybe Guardians of the Galaxy, even, they're out in space, and, like, they come across this spaceship that's all, like, busted up or something on this planet, and, you know, it's these three people or whatever, and, you know, they t- sort of tag along to help with their issue, and, and the, return they try to help them get back to the u.s or get back to 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 earth so to speak yeah yeah so 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 you're already kind of doing it where you're where you're thinking that they are kind of great supporting characters in the marvel universe not really the center characters per se yeah they kind of need help from someone else uh, to get the storyline and uh, movement and action yeah at least at least in regards to the introduction of them now uh, it's almost every movie because again when, when the adventure's over they're not out patrolling they're back in the lab yeah but okay but let's say you introduce them into like that that guardians or thor movie right and then their first intro movie is that where he gets kidnapped yeah it, like their first solo movie so to speak is he gets kidnapped uh you know their return to earth Right. And it's like, hey, the, welcome back. These great scientists who we thought we lost, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden he goes missing. They're trying to find him. They find him in this place and blah, blah, blah. They got to use their powers. And maybe you throw in a supporting Avengers character as a cameo to help them or something like that. But you introduce them in somebody else's movie. Then you give them their solo movie based on other people's uh you know, based on whether it goes over with the audience, because maybe the audience just likes them as supporting characters. I tell you what, one of the greatest things about Hulk, like I love the Hulk character as a supporting character. And I don't know if I would love it the same way if he was the only character. 
So I think you're on to something with saying that they need to be supporting, at least in the very beginning, and then see what people think about them. You know, we're, we're kind of talking about the same path that they did with uh, Spider-Man, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. You know, they yeah. brought in Spider-Man as a supporting character, and people were like, that's great, that's genius. Because I guarantee if people didn't identify with Tom Holland as Spider-Man or Spider-Man in general in the MCU, they wouldn't have made that Spider-Man movie. Uh, or yeah. at least not as quickly as they did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, good points. Yeah. I, I, damn, dude. We should do that. We should do that. That's our first movie. No, wait. Never mind. That's somebody else's movie. <laughs> Here's what we're gonna do. We're, we're gonna put together an outline, and then we're, we're just gonna try to guess email addresses for Kevin Feige and just uh, send him our idea. Yeah, we got your idea. Well, but they don't own Fantastic Four yet, though, right? That's part of the Fox thing. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, we kind of talked. We kind of brushed on this, and I ha- I came up with a theory this week that uh, I wanted to say to you. Um, and it kind of goes back to our Batman discussion about young versus old Batman. Okay. Um, you know, so Jurassic Park one and two are, uh, I'm sorry, one was really good. Two and three didn't do as well. Jurassic World's coming in and Jurassic World one and two, uh, are, seem to be doing really well. Yes. And I think I've kind of, maybe this is known, but I just kind of figured it out on my own this week. I think I know the biggest problem with the Jurassic Park movies. What, what do you think it is? They're action movies without an action hero in them. Our heroes in the first three movies are 40-something scientists, and there are no action heroes amongst them. While in Jurassic World, you got Chris Pratt, who is definitely an action hero. Yes. So you think that there's more staying power in the Jurassic World movies than there is from the three Jurassic Park movies? It, because Jurassic Park stayed pretty true from the first one, and they kept with these main, these two main characters, those, these two scientists, to be the main protagonists in the film. Uh, I think that's a big limiter for them. The scientists are the heroes of these basically action movies. Yeah, but wasn't Indiana Jones a scientist? Mm, he was a historian and a paleontologist, but that's different. You know, no, he, he was an archaeologist. Well, yeah. Paleontologists, a whip and a gun. You know, while in the uh, Jurassic Park movies, those scientists are constantly running for their lives by the skin of their teeth. Oh, okay. So, so at some point, they need to turn the tables and say, "Hey, we got to stand up and fight back." Almost. Yeah. Okay. So, have you seen the new Jurassic World yet? No, not yet. Okay. Um, I think it's it, the way that they went about this movie, and I don't want to spoil anything for you. Um, it's very interesting in the very the last like fifteen minutes when you find out this one thing, and it's like they could definitely go somewhere where the dinosaurs are still a huge part, but they're not the only part of the movie. And I think mm-hmm. that maybe there has to be some of that. But do you think also, so to that point, 
which I don't disagree with at all. Do you think there there's also an issue because there's no true bad guy? Mm, in any in a lot of horror films, there's not really a true bad guy either. Okay, well, okay, give me an example of that. All right, well, so this kind of segues into my idea. Okay, so go ahead. what I think is that back in the day when they did Jurassic Park uh, 2, what it should have been is it should have been Arnold Schwarzenegger and his team of guys from Predator going into the island against the dinosaurs. So a team for hire to eliminate the dinosaurs? Or to eliminate the dinosaurs, or to save a kid, or to do whatever they want. I mean, you know, they can even t- take the same plots that they took from the other movies, but give us that that predator team up against them. You know, you know Jesse the Body Ventura with his minigun ain't got time to bleed. You know, give give me that team going into that island instead of scientists trying to take photos and trying to do archaeology stuff while they're there. Okay, so okay, let's use your let's use your your idea here. And let's think about it. Okay, so the second movie, I'm trying to remember, what was the purpose of The Lost World? Why did they go back Gold to that Bloom's, island? Goldblum's girlfriend went there to to take samples and photos of the island. So Goldblum goes in there to, to get his girlfriend back home. Okay, so you're saying Goldblum goes in there, but he's got he's hired Arnold Schwarzenegger and the team of mercenaries to kill the dinosaurs to get her back to, to, to rescue Julianne Moore. Yeah. Which works for lost world and Jurassic park three, because Jurassic park three was, they brought the scientists in, but they all, but they had a group of like people to save the kid as well. in Jurassic park three, it just wasn't a very good group of people. Right. Right. Same thing in two and, and, and two that, that, that they had the engine team that was sent in to, to bring in the T-Rex. But they were almost the villains in, in all of it. Yeah. And then in the Lost World, so we know, okay, they're trying to do the park again. Something bad happens because they're genetically engineering things. Okay, and then the second one, the premise is they want to go to the island and save the dinosaurs. Because right. like I said, dinosaurs have world. rights too. I think Jurassic World, because they have Chris Pratt, who is who is a star, he's an action star, can definitely pull off the action hero thing. I, I'd leave them alone. I think they're fine. I'm just thinking the original recipe back, back in the day, I think they should have brought in an action star, an action hero to do those. Yeah, I, I, think, I think you're absolutely right. Like, they shouldn't have, like, I, they really wanted to make a, a Lost World movie. And they really wanted, you know, one of the continuing characters, and they chose Jeff Goldblum, whose <laughs> character. I think that mm-hmm. you're right. I think it would have been better if, you know, back then, they would have had one of those action stars, be it Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sylvester Stallone or, or somebody of that sort come in. The team from Expendables <laughs> come in and... Uh, yeah, but, but you know... But- Bringing Rambo with the explosive dart heads on the crossbow or on the uh, on the bow. I mean, I'd see that movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it makes me think. Like, um, did you see the new King Kong movie, Skull Island? 
I did. What did you think of that? My favorite monster movie ever. I loved it. I thought that was such a good flick. I didn't see it until it was on, you know, on demand. I saw it and I was like, dude, this is a good movie, man. I was so pleasantly surprised. I thought Godzilla was, was a snore. I was not into that at all. Yeah, me too. I'm not that in. I'm not. In, I'm not that into the Pacific Rim films uh, at all. But um, but uh, the the uh, King Kong movie. Uh, what, what was it called? Uh, Skull Island. Skull Island. I loved that movie. I thought they did that so well. Yeah. Do you think though that that would work for the Jurassic Park movies? Is the the um, the fact that maybe the dinosaurs more of them fighting each other, and the humans are more of like bystanders of whatever. Do you think you know that the, the the end of the uh, first Jurassic World movie? where it's the T-Rex and the uh, Raptors against uh, the new Big Bad. Yeah. Uh, that was awesome. Yeah, and, it was. And the, the, the T-Rex is basically, and the Raptors are basically fighting to save the humans. That that was that was incredible. That was really well done. Yeah. Yeah, which is uh, kind of interesting, because, like, wouldn't it have been, it would have completely ruined the franchise, but wouldn't it have been just completely crazy if when that Indominus Rex got eight, if they were to just turn around and ate the humans? <laughs> it would I think it would have been more realistic, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> that would have been yeah, a completely but, but, different but, but, movie. But that was some some movie magic where they took these classic villains, you know, the dinosaurs basically and turned them into the saviors and and the and almost heroes in the movie. I, I that was awesome. Awesome way to end a movie. Yeah, and um I I'll, I'll be really interested once you see Jurassic uh, world two i'll be really interested to see your your thoughts on it because i enjoyed it and i enjoy where i think they're going to go with the franchise i i i, I just like it um so uh, uh i'll be interested to see your thoughts on that when that finally rolls around yeah yeah i i texted your your oldest yesterday to see if uh, he wanted me to take him to it and uh, he never got back to me that's interesting because he was bugging me yesterday about going to the movies and taking his brother and sister. And he was also going to ask you if you wanted to go see uh, Her Heredity, Hereditary. Hereditary, yeah. Yeah, he was going to ask me if he was going to ask you if you wanted to see that. So I take it he never did that. He asked me about Hereditary earlier in the week. Okay. Uh, like right when he got like Wednesday, I think, or Tuesday, I think he asked me about it actually. And I'm like, eh, I'd much rather see um, Jurassic World uh, more. He's like, oh, okay. And I saw him on the 4th, and we talked about, uh, you know, getting together sometime to hang out soon. And, uh, yeah, so I texted him yesterday. I never heard back. Interesting. Well, I'll tell you what. I what? I know somebody that would go see Jurassic World with you. Oh, oh Would that be the little guy? Yeah, because he hasn't seen it yet. Yeah, I'm sure he'd love it. Yeah, he... He's he's really been looking forward to it, and I haven't had a chance to take him to see it uh, yet. So, and I, Tara and I both saw it, but uh, yeah, I know. Well, both him and Chesney have uh, talked about going to see it. So, I don't know. That's a that's a thought too, because I, I don't know. Teenagers are weird. I don't know what's going on with the uh, the older one. <laughs> I noticed. Uh, 
when I, when I was over there on the fourth. But that's a that's another conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another conversation. A little bit of freedom, a little bit of yeah. uh, doing whatever he wants whenever he wants. That mm-hmm. that that that'll get you. That's kids. Yeah. So uh, moving on, just a little bit more movie news. Um, uh, there was a report about all the start off uh, Star Wars spinoffs being on hold that you and I talked about a week or two ago. Yes. Uh, the producers uh, came back on that and they said, "No, no, no, nothing's on, nothing's on hold right now. We're just uh, evaluating budgets right now. So they're not killing anything. They're just reevaluating all the budgets of everything that's in process. They did make the statement though: there is no plans to do a solo uh, sequel. So do you feel like that's true or do you feel like that's just studios speak for, um, because damn, our plans got leaked and you know, we got to address this. So this is how we're going to address it. Um, I, I can take it a couple a couple ways. Uh, if you're going to, if you're going to do, um, if you're, if, if, if you're right now, you're back in the budgeting phase, you can't do anything if you're still working on budget. So, so to me, that is almost kind of like studio speak for, for putting the brakes on. Okay. Uh, at the same time, you know, I, I, last time I checked, Solo's done over two hundred million in the in the theaters just in the U.S. alone. I mean, so they've done a two hundred million dollar movie, which is which is great. It just they didn't manage their money well, and that's why they you know they're they're regretting it so well so so much. So, yeah. So I think it is kind of studio speak speak for that they're kind of slowing things down right now but really if they didn't overspend on the movie i would call that a, i mean 200 million that's a successful movie in my opinion yeah they just, I, I agree they just with screwed you. up on budgeting yeah i agree with you that you know you had to spend that amount in order to make that amount whereas you know and 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 i could i could see them saying well we just got to look at the budgets i could see them saying hey we're going to do this movie like let's say it's a Boba Fett movie. Hey, we're gonna do the Boba Fett movie. This is the budget. We're not gonna let it go past this budget. Period. So we're gonna make mm-hmm. sure our script is in line. We're gonna make sure our director is in line. We're gonna make sure all of this stuff happens, so that when we start filming this movie, you know, it, it's it's within you know the black, and we're not we don't start dipping our toes in that red. Yeah, absolutely. I, I you know I think. There was a lot of ego and pride there where they're like, oh, it's Star Wars. Everyone's going to see it no matter what. And so we're going to spend the money no matter what because we know it's going to make money. And, yeah, I think I think they're starting to face fast, uh, face facts and seeing some backlash from the fans that they're not going to put, you know, with all the Internet stuff going on right now, it's uh, it's it's the Wild West. And they kind of got to reevaluate their approach. And instead of having the, you know, the checkbooks wide open, they got to be like any other studio and budget correctly and perform correctly and execute correctly. It's, it's kind of funny, isn't it? That Okay, so so Disney owns Marvel and they own Star Wars at this point. And it's, it's interesting because Marvel is able to ride this train where they are, right? And it's almost like, hey, they've got this formula. They can do no wrong. But Disney is also on the other side, the, the other foot, they're experiencing almost the same things that the Warner Brothers is experiencing with the DC movies, right? Correct, because because in in the Star Wars part of Disney, they're running things like they're running the the DC movies. 
they're, they're you know Star Wars is not taking a page out of the Marvel um, route where, where Marvel's almost assembly line. We get these writers, they live their lives for a couple of years writing the script. We pick the director. Director's going to do what we want to do to make the fan films that we want to make, and that's how we're going to do it. While on the Star Wars side, they're doing the writer-director thing where, where one person uh, owns um, that, that piece, and they may not even necessarily be a fan or kind of indoctrinated in, in, in it. So how do you think they fix it, the Star Wars? Um, what's driving me nuts is that there's so many great Star Wars stories out there already I mean Marvel Comics has been doing Star Wars comic books forever there have been what 50 novels written and they all have and they've got some fantastic uh, ideas in there Uh, the Timothy Zahn novels I read a bunch of those when I was uh, in high school they're phenomenal and the, the, and the content in there is way better than what we've been seeing in the movies so far. I wish they would go back to the source material, grab the good stuff, put them in the movies. Yeah, it almost seems like there's, there's this, like we have to connect it to the original three movies or nobody's going to come and see it. Right? Do you get that feeling? Like they feel like everything has to connect when it's like just make a good movie in the Star Wars universe. It doesn't have to, you know, be this person who was a huge character in episode one, two, and three, like, or Boba Fett, for instance. Like, I can see how Boba Fett would be a good movie because you don't know, well, okay, until they made Attack of the Clones, where now it's like, hey, look, it's little Boba Fett. Oh, look at little Boba Fett. You know, it's like uh, they kind of mess themselves over that way with that to me it's like why can't you take those characters from them books where it's like not all those books had to do with the skywalkers or the solos or anything like that so and then you know when they came out with uh force awakens right you had kylo ren which was not a character in the books right it was not the name of uh, I could be wrong, but Han Solo and Leia's kid, right? Uh, th- they had twins, actually, a boy and a girl in the books. Did either one of them join the dark side? Uh, up to the point where I read them, no. I, I think what my dad told me was later on, one almost went dark. And, and again, Kylo Ren did not go dark. You know, that, That's the other weird thing about this new kind of universe that they've created, because he was not a, a, a Sith Lord. Yeah, so it's I, I agree with you. I, but can you go back though? That's the question. Like, you're already down this road with the Skywalkers and the Solos and Kylo Ren and uh, Ray, who I believe was not a character in the books. And I, I think to your point, like you, you started going down this road. Like, what do you do now? What, what do you do now to get it? to maybe that source material. You can't reboot Star Wars. Well, again, it, it's not so much the, that they, they have to match the source material, but I would love it if, if they went through and, and more like Marvel, make the writers go through and read everything that's been done about that character up to that point uh, in the comics and in the books, and then go and take the best ideas from those and put those in the movie. 
So, so even though you know Kylo Ren is not in the books, you can still grab ideas from other Sith lords and other things that happen in the books and put those in the movies instead of these writers just kind of writing stuff up from scratch. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Did you listen to that Fat Man on Batman episode where they had the writers from Infinity War? Yeah, those guys blew me away. They seem so cool. Oh my God, it's so cool. So freaking smart. And the, the insight into those writing, you know, and saying, hey, we're going to make one of these movies. Here's all this stuff. Read it and come up with ideas. And we're going to mold those ideas. And, and hey, by the way, we got Spider-Man. Add that in, you know, you know, hey, by the way, Black Panther was huge. We got to add that in a little bit, you know, like that. All that stuff is just like, man, it's amazing to me what they what they've got going on over there. It is. And I heard a podcast with a guy that wrote Black Panther and, and he talked about all about how the Marvel program worked for a writer. Super interesting. And uh, it, and it's working. You know, basically what they did was uh, he was an up and coming writer. Marvel liked him. They flagged him. So, so they put him on retainer on the staff and they, they said, OK, you're going to you're going to write a Black Panther movie. He's like, OK, I'm a comics fan, but I never read a lot of Black Panther. They said, that's fine. Started issue one. Read every single Black Panther issue. Then after that, start kind of come up with movie ideas. So he went through, read through the entire library, and then then he started pitching up, pitching script ideas. And then he, like he would go in, he'd pitch a script idea, and they'd say no, try again. And then another month, no, try again. Another month, no, try again. Another month, like oh, okay, we kind of like that. Work on this, 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 and this. So it was this big iterative process between the producers at, at Marvel uh, for the MCU and the writer and they went back and forth and forth and forth and forth until they finally said yes this is it then they bring in the director director goes works with the writer and producers puts his spin on things what he wants to do everything is kind of approved by the producers and then they say yes then they go off and film so it is a much more scientific assembly line process that they're doing that's more kind of wrung out by more people yeah, and I think, but, though, that that's what makes it great is the fact, like, nobody's on this island by themselves. Like, nobody has complete, I mean, maybe Kevin Feige, but nobody has, like, hey, it all begins and ends with me. I get to say the final thing. It is such a collaboration. Nobody feels like it's all on their shoulders either. Right. I mean, I mean, and they've been, and everyone else. I mean, DC's been gambling. Uh, Christopher Nolan with his movies, he was not a comic book guy, and he was the writer director on those. That was a gamble. It took him two and a half years to make to come up with each movie because he was not a comic book guy. Luckily, he mostly got that. He did pretty good, and he did all did he did all right. Had some had some success with those movies. But now with everyone else, uh, with Zack Snyder, same thing. Not a comic book guy. Did it all himself, and kind of worked, kind of didn't. And I think we're going to kind of get these when, when these guys have these ownership and Star Wars is doing the same thing with the, the writer director thing. So may, it's like each one, maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. Well, let me ask you this about the Nolan movies, right? So let's just say it's just a movie and that guy's not Batman. And let's just say he's a detective, not named Batman. Those movies would still work. Right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, they don't have to like, to me, it was like those movies, which I, uh, which I liked the movies, but it's like, they didn't have to be Batman. Like they were just good movies. And, and I think that like, okay, when you take the dark Knight, right. 
if you just had like this crazy villain who's not the Joker, right? But he's just this crazy villain and you got this detective who's trying to stop this villain. Like, I think you still have a good movie and you take Batman's name off of it. So I just think that that's what made those movies so good is the fact that they were just great movies to begin with. And you, he incorporated the Batman characters into them. Yeah. But, but I still think it's a gamble that that's because no one did the job, right? Um, yeah, Zack Snyder tried to dude. do the same thing and, and Zack Snyder did okay, but he wasn't as successful with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, some people, some people have to go by the source material, I think, and, and edit it and maybe put their spin on it a little bit, but stay true to the source material in a specific way. Like, I don't think Nolan had to do that because he's a great filmmaker. And I'm not saying Snyder's not a great filmmaker because I think he is in his own right. But I also think that, like, he would have done better staying truer to a storyline um, with those characters than, like, going on creative differences from the source material. I don't know. Maybe that's, that's just my opinion. I just think that... Uh, you know, Christopher Nolan movies that I've watched most of the time, I think are pretty damn good movies. So they, they are, but, but my, my counter argument to this though, is that even though those are great movies, they have not made Marvel money and Batman is such a bigger character than any of the Marvel characters that we, that we've seen from the MCU, uh, with a Batman character, um, they should be making Marvel money and they haven't yet. Oh yeah, ab- Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's be honest. The Dark Knight, who's I think it's still top ten all time movies and box office. Dark Knight made that money because of Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker. Period. Do you disagree? Yeah. No. That, that I mean, that by far, that, that that's that's uh, the best um, uh, Batman movie that we've seen. I think, and I think best performing as well. And the fact that may he rest in peace. The fact that he died right after that movie, it made it a few million dollars, guaranteed. People are like, damn, he died? So I'm going to go check this out. Damn, he was that good and he died? Let me go watch it again. Let's give him an Oscar. Not just because he died, but I'm just saying that like those things factor in. Yeah, I mean, Dark Knight on the list is number 32 and, and adjusted, adjusted for inflation. While uh, like Avengers and Black Panther are twenty nine and thirty. Okay, so right around the biggest Marvel movies is The Dark Knight. Those other ones, you know, not necessarily the same thing. So yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Um, Batman, if Batman done right, that thing would cross a billion dollars all day long. Absolutely, yeah. So they just got to do it right, man. Damn it. Yeah. Fix Batman. <laughs> I, I need you to fix Batman. I'll get on it. All right. Uh, so wrap, I, I, I've up. got about five minutes left. So what do we got left? Rapid fire. All here. right. I, two things for movie news. Uh, the new Predator trailer came out last Tuesday. Have you seen it yet? No. There's a new Predator trailer. I got to check it out. I have yeah, not seen I, it yet. I, the the trailer looks pretty interesting. I'm, I'm into it. Uh, it's, it's already the critics are already going. Uh oh, this might be a, a POS. 
Um, now, I don't know a whole lot about the new Predator. Like, to be honest with you, I stopped watching Predator after Danny Glover Predator. So I never saw any of the rest of them. Uh, okay, so you've only missed one, three movies. That's it? Only three? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I started adding them up. I'm like, okay. Shane Black is making the new Predator, I believe. I think that's correct, yeah. And he was a character from the original Predator. I also like an actor in that movie. Or maybe he directed the original. There's some correlation between him and that. But regardless, you think it looks good and critics are saying this looks like a piece of monkey spit? Maybe. Um, so, so I guess the, the premise behind this new predator is this: this is a brand new predator that's that's been genetically enhanced, and they've taken alien genes and put it in this predator to make it an even bigger predator, even better, badder predator. And a lot of people on, online are like, "Oh, they're putting a hat on a hat." You know, the predator is a hat. You know, it's it's a feature by itself. You don't need to put a hat on a hat. And for some reason, they're putting a hat on the hat. Why? This is film school 101. They shouldn't be doing this. This is a this is a bad sign. Okay, well, my argument to that though is, and not knowing, haven't seen the trailer, haven't seen like the last three movies, I guess. Uh, my argument to that would be, that's what they did in Jurassic World. Is they took dinosaurs who are already big badasses, and they made a genetically modified dinosaur, and it worked. All right, fair enough. Very fair enough. We so, shall see. Yeah. Okay. Well, and you that, said you got another one. And then the the last thing we have is um, you've been hearing about the Fast and the Furious spinoff that they want the Rock to star in, and uh, Tyrone Gibbons made a big stink about it online. Yeah, Tyrese, but <laughs> Tyrese, excuse me. <laughs> but yeah, he like um, because he wanted to do the next Fast and the Furious movie. The producers. And everything wanted to do the spinoff with, I believe, The Rock and Jason Statham. Uh, that was the, that was the plan. That plan has changed a little bit. Yeah, I, I think Statham's still in it. I'm not sure, but okay. they officially announced announced the villain for uh, the, the new um, spinoff movie that The Rock is going to do against it's not Vin Diesel. Wants. Is it? It is not. Okay, good. Who who is it? It is it is uh, probably my favorite actor. One of my favorite actors, Idris Elba. Seriously? Seriously, he is going to be the villain in the spinoff. So no, Idris I, versus The Rock. I am... Okay, so I am down for that, but I tell you what I don't want to see. I do not want to see them throw down at all. I just... To me, Idris Elba is an awesome actor. I don't want to see him fight The Rock because I wouldn't buy it, not for a single freaking second. That's you know, just my opinion. I would buy it because that uh, that is that could be a classic speed versus strength fight. Yeah, but I feel like we saw that when The Rock and Jason Statham fought in the yeah, last Fast tr- and the Furious movie. And that worked. Yeah, but we don't want to put a hat on a hat, you know what I mean? that's something different that's wearing a red hat and then changing it over to a black hat 
Why is it got to be a black hat? Just because it's Idris Elba. That's right. <laughs> That's a great comeback. That's right. <laughs> That's all we're going to say. <laughs> and why does it have to be a black hat? Because I own two baseball caps. One is red, one is black. That's why I came up with that. Okay, fair enough. Red hat, black hat, got it. Um, we actually, our time has been extended because I forgot I needed to take this movie back to Redbox. So All right. I am now pulling back out of the neighborhood and continuing on our journey. So that's cool, though, that Idris Elba is going to be in that. Like, I like Idris Elba as a character. I like him more as a bad guy because he does a really good job. Yeah, I, I, I like him as a hero. I like him. If you ever get a chance, uh, I think Luther is still on Netflix. Have you ever seen Luther? No, but I heard great things about Luther. Oh, my God. It is so good. I might have to start watching that because uh, I've been trying to figure out, like, something to watch in, like, summertime as I'm waiting for Game of Thrones to come back, Stranger Things to come back, like, these movies that I really like. I'm trying to think of another show to watch. How many seasons of Luther are there? They, uh, I think it's like four or five, but a lot of them are like five episode seasons. It's it's kind of all over the place, but um, check them out. It's it's different than anything you've ever seen. I mean, it's London's Dirty Harry is what it is. It's very different than anything I've ever seen before. I'm gonna have to check it out. Okay, all right, definitely, I'll check that out. That that show is the reason why I like Idris Elba so much. It's I like it. It's not so much the all the movies he's done. It's that series. Okay, well. Uh, uh, I'm a fan of his, so I'll uh, I'll definitely check it out. So what movie did you want to talk about that you saw? Oh, okay. So um, last yesterday, uh, Tara and I we went to went to the Meyer, and we're getting groceries, and I'm standing there, and she always does U scan, which annoys the ever living crap out of me because I'm like these people get paid to bag our groceries. And she's like, it doesn't, it's not a big deal to bag your groceries. And I'm like, look, it's not laziness. I just don't want to take these people's jobs away from them. That's my story. And I'm sticking to it. Um, but anyway. You really, you really need to see Bill Burr's, uh, one of his comedy specials. He does like 15 minutes on this. It's hilarious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because it does. Like every time, like I'm to the point now where I'm just like, I just go over there because I don't want to like, I don't want to have that conversation anymore. So, um, Anyway, um, red bo- the red box thing is right there in front of the self-checkout. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to walk over here to red box while, you know, I'm like ahead of her. So she's like scanning the stuff and then I'll bag it, whatever. So I walk over to red box and I'm like. You're going through a lot of, lot of work just to say you rented a movie, by the way. <laughs> I, I told you I had to go back to the red box, man. So I'm setting the stage, Derek. Okay, I got you. <laughs> so, did you I, rent something? I, I rented a movie. Okay, I, I am I, waiting with bated breath to hear what it is because I might I, have rented the same movie. I rented Red Sparrow. <laughs> is that I've the same movie? That. Is that the no, same that, movie? That, no, I rented that about a month ago. Oh well, see, I'm behind. Um, What'd you think? Uh. uh mm, uh, there were parts of it that I really liked. There were parts of it that I thought were kind of pointless. And overall, it was an okay movie. It was decent. Like, I'm glad I didn't see it in the theater. Uh, I wouldn't have, like, fell asleep or anything like that. But 
uh, I, I thought it was a good like Redbox movie. To me, that's what Redbox is for. It's for movies like that. That movie I would put in the category as uh, interesting, not entertaining. Where I thought the I thought the premise of the film was really interesting, and how they did it was very interesting. I just wasn't very entertained by it. I agree. I, I think I agree with that that uh, assessment because uh, I like Jennifer Lawrence as an actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought she was kind of boring in this movie, and I get that that was a part. You know, she was you know kind of like part of this whole thing and everything. Uh, the guy in the movie Joel Edgerton, I'm not a fan mm-hmm. of it. I think he's boring. Like, uh, like I don't know the guy personally. I just like his movies. Uh, the my probably the most favorite movie I ever saw him in was uh, Warrior. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a good movie, but I think somebody else would have done better in it. I just I don't necessarily. I think he's a boring actor. Uh, in my opinion. So, uh, Jeremy Irons is in that movie, Red Sparrow, and I like Jeremy Irons. Uh, I just thought the way that it ended, that's what redeemed it for me because I was like, that's pretty clever. That's pretty interesting as what you said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, in, in, interesting movie. I feel like now I've seen the Black Widow uh, origin story. So, but uh, yeah, it was, it, was an, it was an okay one. Yeah, I know for a fact though, Marvel would not the the sparrow training Marvel would not have it that way <laughs> <laughs> unless it was going to be their first rated R movie <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's the one they farm out to Lionsgate and they have Lionsgate produce yeah right yeah exactly hmm. exactly so uh yeah I thought the way that it ended was was pretty good the way she set the guy up and everything I I enjoyed that um, yeah, it, it was, it kept my, it kept my interest throughout the movie. I didn't fall asleep, which, you know, when I watch a movie at 10 o'clock at night, sometimes that happens. So, so I watched that. And then the other day I started watching the Netflix series Disjointed. Have you seen this? Not yet. I've heard about it though. Kathy Bates, right? Kathy Bates owns a, uh, medical, a medicinal marijuana shop, uh, a dispensary. Dispensary, yes. Dispensary, excuse me. Um, yes, I thought it was. Uh, I think it's got some pretty funny moments in it. It's not. It's. It's just kind of. Uh, it's kind of funny, in, uh, in some ways. It's. I I don't use this word often, but it's kind of cute. <laughs> yeah. <okay>. Yeah. <laughs> so what's it like watching a show with a laugh track again, um, with a, with a live audience? So I can tell you this, in all fairness, I was putting together uh, new furniture for outside as I'm watching this, so I'm more listening, and I Mm -hmm. didn't pay a whole lot of attention to the laugh track. Yeah, yeah, no, no, because that 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 show's filmed in front of a live audience, and that and uh, it's the first time that Kathy Bates has ever done a TV show in front of a live audience before. And I've heard some interviews with her talking about that and how it took some while to adjust to it, but she she enjoys it now. She enjoy it. Well, that's good. I'm glad she enjoys it because uh, I like Kathy Bates and a lot of stuff. If you hear noises, audience, it's because I'm going to Redbox and returning a movie. Um, well, w- while you're at Redbox, I really have a recommendation for you. Okay. Uh, I rented Blockers this week. I've seen it. 
Oh, you, you have seen it? Yeah, I saw it at the theater. Okay, yeah, I rented it on Tuesday. I That was hilarious. I really like that movie. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I enjoyed about Blockers was it kind of it had some heart to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, this is what these parents go through. And uh, I imagine there may be a day when my daughter gets older, uh, I probably wouldn't handle it as comically as they did. Uh, but yeah, I thought that the movie was, uh, was pretty funny. So who would you be more like, would you be more like Leslie Mann, John Cena or Ike? (sighs) Not Ike. I'm Ike. You're you're not Ike. Yeah. I would not be Ike. Ike is the dad that rents like, uh, where he says like prom night is the biggest night of your life. That's that guy, right? Uh, that's the guy that the, uh, the guy that was divorced. That's yeah, that, in his daughter's life. The daughter ends up being a lesbian. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not that guy. Uh, maybe. No, you see, Leslie, man, she's like the overbearing person, right? Yeah. The, well, they both were between Cena and Man. I would have yeah. to say they're they're both really integrated into their lives. I would yeah. say out out of all of them, uh, Leslie Mann was the one that was the most kind of the most chill about it. I mean, she was concerned, but not overly concerned like Cena was. Cena yeah. was more like, that's my, that's my little baby. She'd never do this. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I don't think I'd be any of the three of them. Cause I'd be like, yeah, she's a teenager. It's my baby, but she's a teenager. That's what I I'd gotcha. be. Um, but I'd also go like completely John Cena and be like, Oh, we're stopping this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I really liked it. I mean, in the genre of comedies about adults in the suburbs, I think it's my favorite one. Like I'm putting that in the same genre as like game night or, um, horrible bosses, things like that. Yeah. I like, I like, I thought game night was pretty funny. I thought that was a clever movie. Uh, it was. Yeah, yeah, I kind of like Game Night. I saw that at the theater as well. Uh, thank goodness for Movie Pass, but there, it sounds like they're gonna mess that all up. So yeah, Blockers. I saw Blockers. I thought Blockers was good. I've seen. Um, uh, I saw the Disjointed. Uh, I think I saw something else, and I just can't remember what it was. So. Uh, so this week on Redbox, the other new movie that came out was uh, Escape Plan Two. Oh. Uh, so I saw Escape Plan One, but like a couple years after it came out, and I thought it was a decent movie. Have you seen two? I, 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 I Escape Plan One, I thought was kind of like it had like had like an old timey movie feel to it. it yeah, was kind of like a mystery, almost like a t- detective movie. Uh, kind of had those those parts to it. Uh, you you kind of thought, thought the same thing. Yeah, it it kind of reminded me of the same vein as like The Rock with Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage type movie mm-hmm. like a yeah, old, old action type mystery type thing going on like yeah that type thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I definitely get that uh so i liked escape plan one i thought escape plan two sucked uh well that's probably why it was straight to video huh straight to it's, red box it, it's like it's almost sci-fi in its genre it's the way the billing on it is weird because it, it, it bills Stallone and Batista as the stars of the movie. I'd say Stallone's in the movie for 20, 30 minutes, 
Batista's in the movie for maybe five. Uh, it was just, it was weird. It was, it was kind of sci-fi where they're in this yeah. prison where, yeah. where they, they electrocute you with like green electricity. It was, it was bizarre. Wait a minute. You're saying that Batista was only in that movie for like five minutes. Batista was in that movie for like five minutes. Stallone was maybe in there for 20 or 30 minutes. The, 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 the main characters in this movie are people that used to work for Stallone. So like 50 Cent? No, 50 Cent's in there for maybe five minutes as well. Oh, can I give you a recommendation for a movie? Because 50 Cent reminded me of it. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. you've seen it already. Uh, crap, it's escaping me. 50 Cent just did it. Uh, ah, shit. Gerard Butler is in this movie. Plays a cop. Oh my goodness, dude! I am. Blo- I, oh man, I had it and I lost it. I'm sorry. Plays a cop in L.A. Gerard Butler does. He, yeah, uh, I've seen this. You've seen the movie, uh, okay? Uh, Ice Cube's son, O'Shea Jackson, uh, mm-hmm. is is in this movie. I thought it was a really good movie. It kind of reminded yeah. me a lot of that Escape Plan One, like just action type thriller type movie. Um, Den of Thieves is the name of the movie. Just yeah, in. yeah. I, I, I was into it. I, I, I love this idea of this kind of cowboy, dark police officer, this police unit that uh, you know shoots first, uh, takes down the real, real bad criminals, and then the whole heist uh, aspect of the movie. I thought it was really good. Yes, yes. I really thoroughly enjoyed that movie, and uh, I actually read that they're gonna they greenlit the sequel to to that movie. So awesome. Yeah, uh, I really look forward to that because I thought I thought it was great, uh, great action story the whole nine yards. So yeah, absolutely. And uh, I also saw another movie this week. What's uh, that? Actually, week? I saw it last week uh, on HBO. I, I finally saw Patty Cake. Caddyshack. Patty Cake, or Pat- Patty Cakes. Patty Cake. What is Patty Cake? It is a story. It's it's a lot like the Eight Mile. It's about a instead of it being Eminem, it's about a young uh, female uh, who's overweight. About her wanting wanting to become a rapper, lives you know has like a bad kind of you know poor life and had dreams of becoming a rap star. Interesting. It was uh, the, the the raps and the rhymes in it were really good. Uh, actually, I like it so much I downloaded the soundtrack. Uh, I think I thought it was a really good movie. It mirrors Eight Mile pr- pretty closely, but uh, definitely worth seeing. Okay, Patty Cake, and it's a, you said it's on HBO. Yeah. Okay, I'll add that to the list. I thought Eight Mile was a great movie. Uh, yeah, it, when it came out, I think I think I like this one more than than Eight Mile, though. It, it's similar, but there's something about it. I thought they did a really good job. Yeah. Good deal, Patty Cake. I'm gonna check it. Out. So, can I tell you about a trailer I saw that I'm really interested in seeing this movie? Yeah. Um. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Okay. Have you seen the preview? Yeah, I have. Like that dude, the guy that they got to play him. Like it may be a crappy movie, but the guy that they got to play him, uh, Freddie Mercury, he looks just like him, man. I can tell by your uh, enthusiasm that you really want to see this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Uh, p- people were, were raving about the trailer when it came out, 
And uh, the, the names attached to the film I like. It's just when I saw the trailer for it, I was just kind of like, eh. And I'm a Queen fan as well. I actually own Queen albums. But uh, for some reason, what, what, uh, the, the trailer just didn't do it for me. I get it. Music biopics sometimes are good, sometimes they're not. So uh, I saw it and I was like, I want to see it. And then also Christopher Robin. Looked yeah, like that really good I, I movie. Saw, I, I saw that preview at, at Incredibles 2 and I'm like, oh my God, I really, it looks really good. I want to see that. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that looks like a really, really solid movie. I like watching movie trailers. Uh, I saw the trailer for Dumbo. Have you seen that trailer yet? Yeah, I did. It looked cute. Yeah, I, Tim Burton, Danny DeVito is in it, Michael Keaton, um, Colin, I think Carolyn Farrell is in that as well. So, yeah, I, uh, I got a high hopes for the Dumbo there. So, yeah, I, movie trailers, they're cool check some stuff out so have you seen any trailers recently that you're like i want to i can't wait for that movie to come out i don't watch a lot of trailers actually uh the, you know, the, the only one i saw that kind of caught my eye was the predator trailer and like i said the trailer looked looked interesting uh just initial reaction from people i'm like oh okay be, be a little weary of it they got a point oh well I'm gonna I'm gonna watch I'm gonna make a point to watch that trailer tonight and I'll I'll give you my opinion on it when I when I check it out. Uh yeah. So I uh I'm pulling up to the house now. I wanted to say that uh hope you have a great weekend, sir. And to anybody that's listening, drop us a line at uh the commute home at gmail dot com. Give us some suggestions on things to chat about. Sounds good, man. You have a good weekend. All right, sir. I will talk to you later. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the show. We have no idea what we'll talk about next time, but I'm sure we'll have a good time doing it. Our email address is thecommutehome at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, drive safe, everybody.